Kabbalah and the Psychology of the Soul, taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. The Torah commands a Jew to connect with Hashem. So the rabbis say, how can you connect with Hashem? It says, by connecting with a Talmud Chacham, with a Torah scholar, you connect with the Shechina, with Hashem. And he explained that's because the tzaddik, the genuine Torah scholar, is like the brain of the Jewish people. And just like the child originates from the brain of the father, which travels through the spine and ends up in the physical form of a sperm, and that activates the birthing process, that sperm develops from the brain of the child, which is the closest to the original source because... The brain of the child thinks like the, the child thinks like the father, etc. And then it further develops into the full body, full being, 248 limbs, 365 veins, up until the hair and the toenail. And all of this is, is connected, is vital and is alive and is connected through its connection to the brain. Every part of the body is connected to the brain. The brain senses the whole body, the nerve system, everything is the command and control system of the body. So the body senses and everything is connected with the brain of the child, which is connected to the brain of, to its original root and source, the brain of the father. And it still receives its vitality from its connection to the brain. He says, and this is the analogy to the Jewish people. The Jewish people are Klau Yisrael, the Jewish whole. We all originate from the same source. Every single Jew is rooted in the supernal wisdom. God and His wisdom is one in God's essence. And as the, the source, the divine spark, travels, just like the sperm uh, is within the mother's womb, it develops as it travels through the different worlds that the Kabbalists talk about, the worlds of emanation and creation and formation and action. So therefore you end up with different souls. You have souls that are the brain of the Jewish people, and you have souls that are the mind, uh, the eyes of the Jewish people, and then you have souls that are the heart of the Jewish people, and then you have the hands and then the legs, and down to the toenail and the hair and toenail. But yet, nevertheless, they all come from the same root, they all come from the same source, and they receive their vitality and their energy from their connection to their source because even presently they are connected to the brain of the Jewish people, which is the Rebbe, the Tzaddik, by each organ, each part of the organism being connected to the brain, to the Rebbe, thereby you're connected with the original source, you're connected to the divine. Because a Rebbe is one who lives and breathes godliness. His whole being is godly. There's no ego, there's no I, and when you're connected to the Rebbe, you're really connected to godliness. What is the Rebbe? The Rebbe, it's not about, God forbid, worshipping a human being. That's idolatry. The whole essence of a Rebbe is that the Rebbe is nothing. Because the moment the Rebbe becomes something, he's not a Rebbe. <laughs> he's not a tzaddik. What makes the Rebbe a Rebbe is there is no I. There is no ego. He's a can do it. He's transparent. 
He's translucent. These are can do it the godliness. There's no ego. There's no I. He's connected. He senses the transcendent level of godliness. The level of godliness that transcends the entire framework of being, of existence. So the Rebbe is a conduit for the Orient Self, for the infinite light, for the essence of God. The Rebbe is one with God. In the language of the Talmud, the Shekhinah, God's presence, was manifest and spoke through the throat of Moshe. It says the Ten Commandments, so first God spoke all Ten Commandments in one word, which is humanly impossible. So God spoke all Ten Commandments in one word. Then God started saying each commandment separately, individually. After he said the first commandment, the Jewish people, they died. They couldn't take it. It was too intense. So he resurrected them. He said the second commandment. They died again. He resurrected them. And then they pleaded with Moshe, please ask Hashem to stop. We can't take it. Moshe was upset. But God says, no, they spoke well. The last eight commandments, I will speak through you. You'll be my mouthpiece. But it's God's voice speaking through the throat of Moshe. So a tzaddik, by definition, is someone who's totally nullified. There is no ego. That's why you can come to him for advice. You come to him for advice. Because it's not. The Talmud says, if a person is ill, you should go to the tzaddik. Ask him, for, ask him to pray for you. Why go to the tzaddik? Pray to God directly. But the Talmud says, go to the tzaddik. Go to the chacham shabir, the wise man in the city, and ask him to pray for you. Why? Many explanations given. One of the explanations is, that when a person, when it's decreed in heaven that a person should suffer or experience pain, the decree was for you, for that person. Once you share your pain with the tzaddik, because the tzaddik is selfless, and he really cares about you, he feels your pain. Your pain is his pain. Now he's suffering. <laughs> in heaven, they never decree that the tzaddik should suffer. You should suffer, not him. So they have no choice. They, have to, they must remove your pain and suffering because they have to alleviate the pain of the tzaddik. So a tzaddik is selfless. It's not about him. It's not about I. There is no I. There is no ego. And the less ego there is, the greater the tzaddik. The holier the person. And the ultimate tzaddik, Moshe Rabbeinu, was the most humble person that lived. He was totally nullified. He says, I am nothing. What are we? We're nothing. Aaron and I, what are we? We're nothing. He was totally nullified. There was zero, there was absolutely no ego. There was no greater person, he was the greatest prophet that ever lived and will ever live. Someone who's completely nullified before God. Therefore, whatever Moshe did, it's not he did. God did. He lifted his hand and he split the sea. Not Moshe, a human being can't split a sea. But Moshe, Hashem acted through Moshe. His stick was holy. Everything about him was holy. Because he was just a conduit for God. It's like electricity needs a conduit. So ego gets in the way. When there's ego, it gets in the way of godliness. It blocks. When there's less ego, then the energy just flows through. Godliness just flows through. The blessing just flows through. So people ask, Hasidim, worshiper Rebbe, Hasidim, Rebbe. God forbid. If a Rebbe is something, then he's not a Rebbe. A Rebbe, the reason he's a Rebbe and he's a Tzaddik is because there is, no, there is nothing. The Tzaddik, is, his whole being, his whole essence is permeated with the reality and the truth that there is no other reality but God. There is no I, there is no ego. All there is is God. There is nothing else. Everything is really...
Everything is God, and God is everything, and there's nothing else. There's nothing but God. The tzaddik experiences it, lives it, breathes it, feels it, is in awe of it, is excited by it, is motivated by it, aspires towards it. That's his whole being. That's his whole life. That's why he's a tzaddik. That's why he can bring blessings into this world. His whole being is a blessing. And he draws down godliness into this world and reveals godliness into this world and brings blessing to this world and success because he's representative of God. The less of ego, the closer you are to God. When the Rebbe used to say, he used to close his eyes, he was like in a different world. It was like a godly transmission. It's like the Shekhinah, God's presence, was speaking through his voice. I mean, he, was, he used to hold on, under the table, he would hold on to a handkerchief, like hold on to this world, and he would sweat. You know, there would be powerful air conditioners. He, he would be in a different world. After the Rebbe had the heart attack and uh, had a massive heart attack, and miraculously he recovered. Uh, two months later, the doctors allowed him to come down and begin again the Hasidic Fabrengans, the public gatherings, but they would monitor his heart. And the first time, the doctor was upstairs and they had a pace you know, on the heart that was monitoring, and suddenly he sees the machine goes like. I don't know the code for it, like blank. Like he runs down, he goes, this is what's going on. Everyone is standing, the synagogue is quiet, you can hear a pin drop. And the Rebbe was saying a Hasidic discourse. He used to sing a, a nigun before a special song, and the Rebbe would close his eyes, everyone would stand up. And the Rebbe would say a Hasidic discourse, a very intense concentration, would say a Hasidic discourse. He thought maybe it's a mistake. He runs back up. No, the machine is like, uh, I don't know what's called, cold, cold blue or whatever. It's like a flat. flat. He runs back down. The Rebbe is sitting calmly and saying, Chasidic discourse. And so a few times he realized the Rebbe is saying, Chasidic discourse is a different, a different dimension. He's, he's, and um, so it's like God is speaking through, through his throat. He's transmitting Torah, transmitting the secrets of the Torah, transmitting the secrets of the secrets, the Hasidic teachings. It's like Hashem is speaking through His throat. There is no ego. It's not about I. It's not about... It's all about Hashem. And therefore, the Talmud says, how do you connect with God? A person says, I can connect with God directly. Talmud says, no. You want to connect with God? There's only one way you connect with God. You must connect to God by being connected to the tzaddik, by being connected to the Rebbe. And by listening. And just like the foot feels connected to its head, and it obeys the head, and it feels connected to the head. The head wants to move automatically, the foot moves. It doesn't have to command it, it doesn't have to force it. Automatically, the foot senses what the head wants. So too, we have to be connected to the tzaddik, connected to the Rebbe. And, and by connecting to the tzaddik, connecting to the Rebbe, we are connected to our source, our, our, the source of our soul, which is the supernal wisdom. That's what nourishes us. That's what gives us the godly nourishment and nurturing. That keeps us alive and vibrant. And it keeps us connected with our godly spark. Otherwise, we become very egotistical and very arrogant and delusional. And we get in the way of our godly essence. If we're opposed to the Rebbe, if we recall the misnagnum, the opposite, the opposition, how ironic by divine providence. The establishment in the times of the Baal Shem Tov and the Rabbi Dover and the Alter Rebbe, they call themselves, they name themselves Mitanagdim. 
the opposition. It doesn't make sense. They were the establishment. The Hasidim were like the opposition party, the new kid on the block. But knowingly, subconsciously, if they didn't realize it, their mazel realized it. The neshama realized that Hasidism, this is, this is emes, this is reality. They named themselves Mishnagdim, we're the, we're the opposition. Someone who opposes the Rebbe, opposes the Baal Shemtan, opposes the Rebbe, opposes the Moshe Rabbein of our generation. Why is someone opposed to the Tzaddik? How could someone be opposed to the Tzaddik? The Tzaddik is pure. Tzaddik is a saint. The Tzaddik is selfless. How could someone be opposed to the Tzaddik? Who is opposed to the Tzaddik? Only the egotist. Religion could be the ultimate ego trip. A person who is, who the whole Torah that he learns is just to aggrandize himself. As the Talmud says, it's Torah shaloy l'shma, when a person learns Torah for all the wrong reasons. And it becomes an ego trip to sharpen his mind and to show the community how brilliant he is and to get a share in the world to come. This is all ego. Only a person who's egotistical is jealous of the tzaddik, hates the tzaddik, resents the tzaddik, can't stand the tzaddik. So the more the ego, then that, that obstructs the godly energy. And therefore the energy is not clear, it doesn't come through. It's like it has to be like, like throwing it behind your back. You turned your back. You've obstructed the energy. You're getting in the way. Because the way to connect with God is by the less ego we have. The more we get out of our own ego, the more we can connect with God. So when a person is nullified to the Rebbe, when you're nullified to someone greater than you, that's our way of getting out of our own egos, getting out of the way, and allowing the godly energy to enter into our neshama, to ignite that spark. So we can tap into that, that core and essence of godliness located at the center of our being. But the more egotistical we are, and we don't have that quality of humility of self-nullification, and the more you think, I don't need a Rebbe, I don't need a Tzaddik, I don't need, I'm, I'll, I'm my own guiding light. My mind is smart enough, I can figure it out myself. Then you're just getting in the way. And you're not allowing the godliness to vitalize you and to rejuvenate you. A healthy organ is connected to its source. There's no ego. And then there's a clear connection in situation. When the organ becomes egotistical and the organ senses itself, when you feel yourself, that's the first sign of illness. A healthy person doesn't feel his organ. But when an organ becomes, you become conscious of your organ, that means the organ is ill. The organ is sick. There's some, some, some disconnect between the organ and its source. So the organ is alive, it's connected, but it's sick. It's receiving its life from, 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 from like throwing it behind your back. Not face to face. It's not a clear flow of energy. It's obstructed. The ego gets in the way. And therefore it becomes a sick organ, a sick part of the organism. It's connected, it's alive, but it's sick. So yes, it's receiving its life from the tzaddik. It must receive a life from the tzaddik because it's part of the Jewish organism. And it's connected to the brain, whether it likes it or not, whether it wants to or not, it is. And the more opposed it is, it doesn't make any difference. But it 
it's a sick organism. It cannot flourish. It needs a conduit. It cannot flourish in an environment where there's no love, there's no appreciation, there's no connection. In an egotistical environment, love cannot flourish. And obviously the person who's opposed to the tzaddik, it all comes from ego. 100%. How do we connect to the tzaddik, I guess, today or... Not specifically because, I guess, the rabbi is not physically here anymore, but even before that, I mean, what is the way to connect to the tzaddik? That question was asked by the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. Uh, someone was asked, too, from the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, and he said, the way to connect with me is not just by looking at a picture, but the way to connect is by studying my teachings, studying the, the Hasidic teachings of the Rebbe, listening to the guidelines of the Rebbe, because the Rebbe tells us what defines for us what the unique mission of our generation is. Every generation has their unique mission. So the brain, who senses the whole, who's connected to the source, tells us what our main mission, what our generation, what our unique challenge, what our unique mission is um, as Jews in our day and age, dealing with the realities of our day and age, and listening to my directives and guidelines, um, participating in the gatherings, in the studying, in the, the different Hasidic gatherings. That's how you connect. That's an internal connection. It's a soul connection. It's not an external connection. It's one soul responds to another soul. The Rebbe is the brain of the Jewish people, and he's the closest to God, and he senses, and he's the least egotistical, and he's the most nullified Jew, and he's the holiest Jew amongst all the Jewish people. And therefore, he's so in tune with God, and he's so in tune with godliness, that he's able to tell us what, how God wants us, what God needs us to do at this moment in time in Jewish history. Every generation has their unique mission, how they have to, what they have to accomplish, what God needs from them and wants from them at that time and point in, Jew, in history, in Jewish history. How to express the Torah and mitzvot in today's day and age. without affecting the Torah of Mitzvah, without compromising on Torah of Mitzvah, but what's the, how, how we have to, what we have to accomplish, and what has to be the theme. As the Talmud says, every person has one mitzvah that they're very careful in. So to every generation has one mitzvah, the 630 mitzvah, that they have to know that this is their challenge, and this is their goal, and this is what they have to accomplish, they have to accomplish this. So, the Rebbe, who's in tune with Hashem, who's so nullified before Hashem, that he's totally in tune with God. So when the Rebbe gives a directive, it's not a, a, a human being giving a directive, a personal directive. What the Rebbe is telling us is that this is basically the will of Hashem. And when you listen to the Rebbe, then basically you're listening to the will of Hashem. That's what the Talmud says. You want to connect with God, you have to connect to the Rebbe. This is what we call a munat chachamim, the faith in, in the why in the chachamim, the Torah scholars, the genuine scholars of the Jewish people, holy people. It's a beautiful story with the author of the Talmud, Alter Rebbe. Alter Rebbe was a student then of Rabbi Dovber, the Magad of Mizrich. 
and he was traveling with some other students, and they stopped in an inn. Most of the innkeepers in Eastern Europe were Jews. That was the, one of the only uh, ways of earning a living. They would run the inns, they would sell the vodka, run the taverns, and they made a living, barely. And uh, this innkeeper has been there for many decades, and uh, Alter Rebbe looks at him and speaks to him, and he says, he says, how many years have you been here? He says, 30 years, 40 years. He says, what? 30, 40 years? And you haven't been in Shul Shabbos? Because there was no minion. He was the only Jew in town. He used to do it, like here in America. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur was the only time of year. They closed the taverns, and everyone went into town to be in, the, to be in, in Shul. But the rest of the year, there was no Shul. He says, what? You're living in a place? In the boondocks? No minion? No fellow Jews? How could you do this? The Jew says, but I understand. I, I, I make a beautiful living here the last 40 years. What do, what do you want me to do? I mean, how am I going to make a living in the city? There's so many Jews struggling to make a living. What am I going to do in the city? What the Rebbe says, God is big. The same God that figured out how to give you a living here will figure out to make you a nice living even in town. Anyway, Dr. Rebbe went on to do his own thing. He was learning and this. A few hours later, he looks outside and he sees wagons all piled up. <laughs> so he's looking, he, asks, he says, what's going on? He says, what do you mean what's going on? You told me that I can't live here anymore. And now the Rebbe was so taken aback because he wasn't even a Rebbe. He was the youngest student of the Maggid of Mizrish of Ber. But the simple Jew who never went to Minyan in 30, 40 years. But he had such emunas chachamim, such simple faith in the words of the tzaddik, that without any question, because Al-Tarebi wasn't, there was no ego here. Al-Tarebi wasn't just telling him just to make a point, to showing how smart he was. Al-Tarebi was speaking from his neshamba, he was saying the truth. And his truth resonated with the Jew. And the Jew responded. And miraculously, the end of the story, as soon as he moved out, he took all the stuff. A fire hit the place. He would have re- had he remained, he would have lost every penny he had. But here he went willingly, and Hashem helped him. Now the Rebbe told the story himself. He told this story himself to his grandson, the Tzemach Tzedek Rabbi Nachman. When he got married, his father-in-law gave him a nice. We call it nothing, a nice, uh, you get married, you give the son-in-law a nice piece of change so you can invest and you can earn a living so you can sit and study in peace. When he received the money, Dr. Rebbe called him and he said, uh, he opened up his drawer. There was a drawer where he kept all his tzedakah, money that he collected for charity. He says, I'll give you good advice. He says, why don't you put all that money in this drawer? <laughs> So he says, no, this is his not. This is, you know, he has money now to last him a lifetime. He can invest it. He can be able to sit and learn. <laughs> Give it all to Zedakah. He gave 10%, this 20%. I'm sure he gave even more. He's suggesting he should put all that money in Zedakah. Okay, that was that. Anyway, anyway, he gave his money to a chassid who was a businessman to invest. You know, the way markets are. Yiddish of Basel. <laughs> 
he lost all his investment. A few months later, the Altarebbe asks, says, Nuth, how are your investments? He told him the truth. So the Altarebbe looked at him and said, let me tell you a story. He says, here, I was a simple Jew. I wasn't even the Rebbe yet. I was the youngest of the students. But when he heard that I am a student of Rabbi Dovber, the great tzaddik, the great maggot of Mizrich, and I said something like that, without even thinking a Jew is 40 years in the, as an inn, successful, established, made a beautiful living, an older Jew, without any hesitation, he packed up his bags and he's moving. Because it's not I told him, this is the will of Hashem. If this is the will of Hashem, I'm a Jew, I have to listen. The says, and I asked you, and I pleaded with you, put it in here, and you know who I am. So that's the idea when you listen to a tzaddik. A tzaddik has no ego here. When a tzaddik tells you something, when a tzaddik gives you a directive, or gives you instructions, or asks us to do something, it's the will of Hashem. When a tzaddik, his Torah that he's teaching, Hashem is speaking through his voice, through his throat. It's like Moshe Rabbeinu, transmitting Torah. The Torah that Rabbi Akiva taught in his academy, we're still learning today. It's holy, it's divine. Hashem is speaking through them. So when you connect it to the Torah of a tzaddik, you connect it to Hashem. That's how you connect. It's a real connection. It's a relationship. There's an openness. There's a love. There's, a, there's an obeying. There's a connection. There's, there's no ego. Who can evoke that within you? The sense of no ego, only someone who himself has no ego. Which really brings us to the concept of a Jewish king. The concept of a Jewish king, it's not like, it's not a political office, per se. The concept of a Jewish king is to evoke within the Jewish people the sense, the sense God's royalty. The sense of nullifying yourself before the king. Because the king is nullified before God. As expressed in Jewish law, it says when the king bows down, he doesn't lift his head, the whole Shemoneser. We only bow down at the beginning and at the end of a few blessings. The high priest bows down at the beginning and at the end of every blessing. The king, once he bows down, he remains bowed down the whole Shemoneser. Because a king is totally nullified before God. That's what makes him king. That's what makes him the, the real life, the human being, the flesh and blood expression of God's royalty. Because he's totally nullified before God. And he can evoke within the subjects this nullification of the subjects to the king. So by the subjects being nullified before the king, the Jewish king, the Jewish people are nullified before God and are connected to God. That is a Rebbe. The king, the heart of the Jewish people, the brain of the Jewish people. When the Jewish people are nullified before the Rebbe, when the Jewish people were nullified before Moses, and Moshe was nullified before God, so Moshe was the most humble person that lived, who was the most nullified human being before God. He evoked within the Jewish people this sense of nullification, of self-nullification. That ability to rise beyond our egos and to be connected to something greater than ourselves. Kabbalah and the Psychology of the Soul Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky 